chest, motherfucker, is the bars of death. Lyrically sick, request them, cause the end. Fuck the game, charge the breath, hard to test. Fucking fight, watch your vest, guard your flesh like your large breast. Kidnap the cast, this big whack shit. Very right wingers with the flag on the casket. Hatchet, hammer and axe, so stay hammer and axe. Stat the frame, at the waiter with the camera snap. When this animal raps, I'm more creative than I'll cater when they plan an attack. Oh, people, that's how we do on a Monday, baby. Yeah, coming in with a little 7L and a satiric. Woo! Dug in those crates today, kid. And what a weekend, right? What a goddamn fun ass weekend of action. I thoroughly enjoyed this, people. And uh, yeah, you get to hear all the insights, sit back, relax, and enjoy. This is a fun one. Okay, so week 15, man. Week 15. We are really close. Really close. And we definitely see the picture now, right? Definitely see the picture. Now, (laughs) shit, some of these games were insane. Some of these games really were crazy. Let's start off with the Bills and the Broncos. You know what I mean? Like, damn, the Bills killed the Broncos, right? Killed the Broncos, man. You know what I mean? I think... How the hell, how the hell do the Broncos let Josh Allen run in for two fucking touchdowns? Like, when you see the runs, like, he should have been tackled so many times. It was insane. And then the fumble return was like, what the fuck is happening, man? What is happening? But, you know, the Bills, like, have to say with the Bills, right? Because the touchdown that they gave away. Oh, my days. Right? You know, the block pumped and then that. Because you had all the, the punt was blocked. Then you have the players just looking at the ball on the ground. And they just let the Broncos run it in. It is like, guys, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Shit. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. All right, so Packers Carolina, right? Now, Green Bay started really well. You know what I mean? Started really well. But. Man, Bridgewater kept Carolina in that game. You know what I mean? Like, you would have thought Carolina were completely out. But Bridgewater kept them in. And then it was just that messed up play at the end. That, you know what I mean? Ended it. But, yo. Packers let those Panthers stay in that game way too long. Way too long. Oh, man. Um, alright, let's look at the Falcons, right, so, um, yeah, Falcons Buccaneers, (laughs) oh, shit, 
man, you, you like you gotta feel for the Falcons, right? You gotta feel for the Falcons, man. They mounted a great comeback, a great because they, you know, they started well. They started well. Buccaneers were ugh, terrible at the start. Then Buccaneers went away with it. Falcons mounted that comeback. But, ugh, you mean? Whew, it just at the end that, oh, it was tough, right? A real tough fucking go in the red zone too you mean in the red zone and they don't get the touchdown it was just like god damn it people but um yeah you know brady is he's brought the buccaneers on for sure for sure all right so um who <laughs> tennessee detroit Joyce, you're in Titans just stuffed the Lions, man. And it, 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 you just think you, you fluff a touchdown, fluff a touch. They had the touchdown and he fumbles it, right? They fluffed the extra point, the punt fake. Right, you cut like you're not gonna win when you mess up all of those things. You know what I mean? It's just like, come on, you can't fluff all of those things, people. Man, it it, it was just, it was crazy. You know what? I've got my games mixed up. I realize I've got my games. Mixed up, right? Um, I, I, yeah, I was talking the Colts, Texans, the Colts, Texans, Jesus Christ, I think I'm talking the Colts, Texans. Hold on, I am really just all over the place with my notes. (laughs) Yeah, I was talking about the Colts, Texans, Indianapolis. And the Texans, not the Falcons. I don't know why I said the Falcons, but yes, <sighs> the Texans. How you know what I mean? They came close, and it all fell through. Now, <laughs> yo, Brady. You know, if we're talking about the, you know, the Buccaneers, Falcons. Yo, that. I mean, Brady is known for his epic comebacks, right? He's had some epic comebacks. Now, I don't know if you would call that one an epic comeback, but, yo, you know what I mean? It's it's just like the fact that they were able to come back and win that game, considering how bad the offensive and the defensive line were at the start, during they would just like fucking wet paper at the beginning you're letting brady get sacked and pre- it was insane so yeah the fact that you know buccaneers came back and won that game hats the fuck off to them man that was impressive you know what i mean and um 
Yeah, I think Jacksonville, right? <laughs> like, whoa. Oh, man. Like, when they get interceptions, that they, you know, they intercept the game, right? Fucking Ravens are just about to score a touchdown. They intercept it. And then they give up a safety the very next play. Yeah, you know, you're not going to win when you do some crazy shit like that. I mean, Ravens then just took them to school. It just wasn't even, wasn't even close, you know. Oh, dear, oh, dear. I think Patriots, like, ugh. They had an okay start, right? Had an okay start. But uh, it's it's the penalties and the bad decisions killed them. Killed them. Like, Koo was the only person that kept them in that game. If it wasn't for Koo, they would just be completely obliterated. It, It was just like, ugh. I... I think New England fans are so pissed that Brady wasn't given a better offer. You know what I mean? And certain players weren't given better offers to stick around. Choice. Hey, look. Another bad game. Like Minnesota-Chicago, right? I mean, Vikings could have won that game. Vikings really could have won that game. But it was just Bad tackling and just stupid mistakes. Stupid mistakes, man. You know what I mean? Just. Ugh. And then last minute interception. Last minute interception. Just to put the cherry on top. Like, ugh. Just wasn't happening, man. Wasn't happening It is the problem with Cousins Like he will play really well But then sometimes he makes just Some horrible mistakes And talking about horrible mistakes Like after weeks Of some great plays And pulling everything together Right Being in a place where you're Gonna make the fucking playoffs And then Washington Do what they did On fucking Sunday Like What the fuck man You know what I mean Like And with all of that shit With all of those horrible decisions And plays The bad tackling They actually come back They actually come back And then fuck it up. Just like, what what, was happening? What the fuck is happening? You know what I mean? Just, ugh. Now, a crazy, like San Francisco, friggin' Dallas. How crazy was that game? It was back and forth, man. So close. So damn close. 
until until those mistakes and interceptions they just handed it to Dallas. Do you mean just handed it to fucking Dallas? It's just what are you doing? And when you say what are you doing? I think the the award this week goes to the fucking Rams. Like, what are you doing? You are playing a team that has not won a fucking game all season. No games. Have not won a fucking game. And then you just throw it away. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck were LA thinking, man? What were they thinking? Now, alright. It, it, you know, though, like, the Jets were close a few times this season. So, you know, uh, it, yeah, they walk away with at least one win. But they should not have. <laughs> you know what I mean? They Rams should have easily won that game. It's insane. Oh, my days. And um, the Cardinals, right? Cardinals, Eagles. Like, Arizona had a great start. Then they nearly gave it away. They nearly gave it away, right? It was crazy. Then you get to the end. Get to the end. And the defense came up big. Not once, people, but twice. Twice they batted that ball away from the end zone. Oh, my gosh. That was crazy. That you, like, was the first time I thought, whoo, it is done. But then the Eagles had that Hail Mary last throw. And the defense came up big. Whoo. Oh, my days. Oh, man. Um, Browns Giants. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, that started off as a horrible game. It started off as a horrible game. But then, all of a sudden, it just seemed to click for Cleveland. And they, yeah, put it together and got that win. But, god damn, the way that game started is... Dunk really did. And I have to say, right? Kansas City, New Orleans. Chiefs won because of Mahone. Chiefs won that game solely because of Mahone, right? The amount of times, right? He was close to being sacked. The amount of times. And it was his footwork. Tackle avoidance And then Like Just Death touch Right That Freaking How many times he throw that shovel pass And you think You thought he's just tossing it away And it go, he gets a touchdown Right Or a first down Or You know It saves it on the third It is insane Mahone Won that game for the Chiefs man It was Crazy Crazy So we still got the um, Cincinnati Pittsburgh game To play tonight But um, yeah Some some good games 
some crazy games and some dreadful performances. <laughs> oh, shit. It's insane, right? It is. But, you know, keeps things interested. That's for sure. Definitely keeps things interesting. Okay, people, so it's done. We have had the last UFC card of the year. And, um, yo, this was a good one. This was a good one. Now, my predictions, they weren't the best. There was a lot of shit that did not go just the way you would think. You know what I mean? There was a few few fights that I thought, yo, they're close fights. So, you know. But then there was some which, yeah, I don't even fucking know, man. I don't know. But, yo. We ended up with some great action. So we had uh, Brendan Fitzgerald, Michael Bisbin, and Daniel Cormier on the announced team. Hey, and we got to see Joe Martinez do his thing to end things off. So that was, um, yeah, I thought that was a good look from Buffer. You know what I mean? Handing it over. And Cormier did the interviews. Alright, so um, these 12 fights started started with a catchweight fight, you know. We had Carlton Minus against Christos Gage. So, I think the big thing about this fight that really kind of stood out there, I would say, it was just, I don't know, Gage... Gagos, although he took this fight on short notice, he weren't ramping, you know what I mean, he weren't ramping, it was a little bit of a tentative start, but when Gagos engaged, he was coming with volume, you know, he gets the early takedown, the yo, give credit, Minus was, you know, he, he scrambled and he you know, he kept moving, right, kept moving, and made it difficult for Gages to um, implement, and just land, right, so, um, yeah, Minos was able to get up, right, but Gages took him back down again, you know, and this time he was able to get off more shots, right, get off more shots, and, um, also, he's hunting for that submission. Um, minus, yeah, he eventually does get up, but Gay just gets him with another takedown. In the second round, I mean, Minus was throwing, but the problem was there just wasn't the volume. There wasn't the volume, and it's like he wasn't sitting on anything. So even if he landed a nice kick or, you know, a good jab, a hook, he hadn't fully committed to any of the shots. So they weren't slowing Gages down. And he really, really needed to slow Gages down, you feel me? Um, and Gages, you know, he gets another takedown. Right, and just you know, again, implement that will. So, um, minus he, he got up from it, landed a few strikes, but he'd lost another round. Now, third round, 
right? You could see that Gages was tired. And, yeah, you can't blame him. Like, I think he took the fight on Wednesday. Something crazy, right? So, took that fight late. But the way he'd been working, yeah, you're going to get tired. So, you know... When minus he couldn't stop the takedowns before, he's able to uh, stuff more of them this time, you know. Um, but here's the thing: minus wasn't throwing enough. He's still not throwing enough, you know. Uh, and you just go like, ah, yeah, you can't win, right? His corner was telling him. You know, to throw more And he just wasn't Right? And that was the moment But I, I kind of feel The the big thing was Minus didn't have knockout power Right? So for him to win He had to put together long combinations It was a matter of attrition Wearing gauges down Like stunning him and just keep on going but that didn't seem to be Minus's game tonight. And um, Gages came away with, you know, a, a very good victory, right? So um, we then jumped down to the flyweight division. We had Cody Duran against a J- J- Jimmy Flick, right? And this fight, jeez, oh <laughs> my days. Like, Duran came out hard. Hit an uppercut, man. And real nice uppercut. Flick landed an overhead, but Duran was just all about that pressure. All about that pressure. And he gets a takedown. You know what I mean? Gets a takedown. And oh, the way he gets it as well, he, he lands straight. Because it's kind of a trip takedown He landed straight on Flick's back He's going for that rear naked straight You know Now, Flick he, you know, He's a savvy motherfucker Right So he's able to escape and get back up right, Durden Though he's um, You know, landing good jabs Gets a hook Now, Flick He hits a leg kick Durden, he's got the heavy hands. I think that's the big thing about this one. You could see Durden had the heavier punches, right? And, um, yeah, so they're going at it. We get some real good, quick exchanges from the two, you know? So Flick throws, um, you know, throws a kick. Durden catches it, right? Gets a takedown. But instantly, well, so, um, all right, let me rephrase. Flick throws a kick, Durden catches it, and as Durden, you can see Durden looking to go with the takedown, Flick also throws the legs up, right? Throws the legs up. So as he's getting taken down, he's, you know what I mean? He's put on the triangle. Triangle is on So hit the mat He re adjusts slightly And it's just all about the squeeze All about the squeeze Right, and eventually Durden has to tap 
Huge, huge win for Jimmy Flick. The brick pulled off a, a great win there. Really great win. Oh man, that was it was a fun fight, people. So we then go to the middleweight division. We got um two contender series alums here. Jamie Pickett against Tafon Nunwiki. And um <laughs> oh my days. So Nunwiki won on the last episode of this current season with a thunderous head kick. Thunderous. And I think the crazy thing is, right, there's some people that we see on The Contender who they struggle, they've struggled to get fights, right? So The Contender is a way of potentially getting to UFC, then getting fights, which they need. And that was, you know, Unwiki's situation. So he'd only had four fights before getting on The Contender series, you know? And um, so you kind of think he's new, right? He's fresh. But the skills, the skills and the acronym that he showed tonight. God damn. <laughs> God damn. He was impressive, right? I think watching it, Pickett was the faster fighter. But Unwiki just Continued with that pressure A load of pressure He hit like Knees to the midsection All the shots to the midsection Were fucking pick it up And also He was Unwiki was just throwing You know some good combinations Some heavy combinations So at first Pickett he wasn't doing too badly You know he, He'd got hit but he was rolling with the shots, he was moving, he was jabbing, but he wasn't really throwing enough, right, he'd pop out the odd jab, but that was kind of it, and to be really effective, he had to throw more volume to keep Unwiki away from him, you know, we did, there was one point, I think it was in the second round, right, Pickett, he he came forward with a uh, you know a flurry of shots, and you could see he'd hurt Unwiki, he'd stunned him slightly, but then he just let up, right? He just let up, and you're just like, wait, what are you? What's happening here, man? What are you doing? You know, he like he needed to continue with the pressure because he was doing well with it at that moment, but. Yeah, that, that that's not what he did this fight, right? It was just too many ones, ones and twos, and then that's it. And then moving. But Unwiki just, he was relentless. Just coming forward and laying it down. And those midsection shots, ooh, they were vicious. Now, he, he was throwing the head kick a lot. None of them hit. Until the end, right? Had Pickett on the fence, landing those horrible knees to the midsection. Pickett always seemed to do the same escape. And this time, Unwiki timed it. And as Pickett moved to the side, Unwiki hit him with a head kick. 
I have to give it to Pickett, right? Because he goes down and Wiki is on him throwing shots. Pickett gritted it out. There was a few times in that fight where Pickett could have just, you know, succumbed and given up. He did not. Right, so he survives the, you know, the onslaught at the end, but, yo, that was a, a clear and present victory for Tafon and Wiki, and yo, the improvements that we have seen between the Contender series and this fight, huge. Right, if Wiki stays training, stays learning. He gonna be a real problem. He really is. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what he's like on the ground and all of that. But on the feet, he's developing very well. So we then drop to the ladies' 125 division. We have Talia Santos against Gillian Robinson. This one didn't go to how I thought it would. But I, I figure, I, you know, the thing that really stood out to me in this fight, size, right? Santos was bigger than Robinson. And, you know, she was able to take Robinson down and just control her, right? Now, when I say con- control, it wasn't full-out control. Because Robinson was throwing up, you know, attacks, Right, she she was close to an armbar a few times, but I think Santos's size, you know, allowed her then just to power out of situations and then just keep that top control. Robinson couldn't extricate herself from it, so Santos got the clear victory, and I think a big takeaway from that fight. Possibly Robinson I don't know if She could drop down to the straw weight But If she wants to stay at the flyweight Because she's a good flyweight Right I think maybe she wants to Put on a bit more muscle Right Just to stop her getting bullied Because we've seen her be bullied a few times Right Macy Barber bullied her you know, Santos bullied her. I know there was another one, a Brazilian girl. I can't remember the name. But, um, yeah, I think if Robinson puts on a bit more muscle, you know what I mean? Maybe she does what Kevin Holland's thinking, put on a bit of weight to um, increase that walk-around weight. So you're cutting more, but you're potentially stronger in there. That might be what Robinson wants to do. To just stop getting handled like that But skills are there It's just the size I feel That is the issue So we then go to our Second catchweight fight of the night We have Darren Wynn Against Antonio Arroyo Okay So with this one I think (laughs) You know, we get a clear indication what determination and hard work can do for you people. Because, you know, Arroyo was good on the feet. He was landing. You know what I mean? He was landing stuff. But Darren Wynn, you know, he he stuck to the task, right? Able to get takedowns, you know, which was real big. 
You know what I mean? Able to take Arroyo down. And when he's taken him down, he's, you know, he was able to land some good shots, right? Able to um, implement some pressure. And as the fight was going on and, you know, he's wearing on Arroyo, he's now able to land some real good shots on the feet as well. You know, hitting some good overhands, some good hooks, Right, stepping hook Yeah, he, he was doing all of that Adding more takedowns You know what I mean? Adding more takedowns and everything like that Yeah, Darren Wynn put on a very good performance, man A lot of heart, real good performance Yeah, I think he could be, um, should be proud of that one So, um yeah, then we're at the women's bantamweight division. You got Sigari Eubanks against Panny Kincaid. And, you know, Kincaid is mad talented, but we've seen her get bullied, right? We've seen her get bullied, and we've also seen her just <sighs> accept the ground too much, right? Thinking, oh, I can get a submission, but she's not able to get it, and she loses because, you know, she's on the bottom. Right, this fight, man, we saw some different shit. We saw some different shit. Now, it started how you're kind of worried it might, right? So, yeah, they're out doing their thing. Um, Eubanks, she's able to get a really nice transition takedown, right? Gets that takedown and, yeah, just controls... Controls Pink Kincaid from the top You know, landing Landing a few shots, not a whole heap Right, because Kincaid She's always moving Right, always moving She tried for an armbar, couldn't get it But she's looking For attacks But once we get to the second Round, shit changed Like Kincaid, she was Popping off that jab, she was showing Really good movement and she also was able to reverse the situation on the fence all the time Landing really good knees to the midsection That you could see were wearing Eubanks down And that was big, right? That was really big, it was those knees You know, she's also landing elbows from the clinch Which was nice um, Eubanks did get a takedown though uh, Kincaid, you know, again, she's trying for that armbar She gets back up, right? Lands some good shots Eubanks gets another takedown But Kincaid is throwing a load of elbows from the bottom You know, throwing a load of elbows um, And, you know, kind of, uh, yeah, does her thing So we're in the third round And... Yeah, Kincaid is really using that jab to full effect, right? Popping it off, um, just stopping Eubanks from implementing. Like, Eubanks, you know, she tried for a takedown. Kincaid, she's using that elbow to the side of her head, the Travis Brown, to, um, yeah, stop that shit. And when they're on the fence, she's making Eubanks pay, making her pay with the knees and the elbows. Now... Eubanks always has the more power, right? And 
it got, I think we're about two minutes left or a minute and a half left and Eubanks decided to throw. And, you know, I mean, she, she landed some good heavy shots, right? Landed some good heavy shots. But Kincaid did not fall into the trap. She kept that movement. She was landing really good shots herself, you know, uppercuts, all of that jazz. And, um, yeah, came away with a very nice unanimous decision. You know, this, this performance... Man, that was big for Kincaid. We saw some real good development in her style. And I think the the, the mindset, right? Throwing combinations, good movement, and not just settling on the ground. Right? So, yeah, huge win. Great win from Panny Kincaid. So, we get to our main event of the prelims, Alex Morano against Anthony Pettis, and, um, yo, this did not start well for Pettis, right, they're out, they're exchanging, he throws a kick, slips, slips, and Moreno gets on top, right, gets on top, and he is landing, Landing some, well, first of all, he goes for a rear naked choke, right? Can't get that. Um, yeah, Pettis escapes. Moreno throws up a triangle. Pettis is able to escape, but Moreno just keeps that pressure, man. Just keeps that pressure, you know? They're back up. Moreno's got good def- good defense, right? Good movement. Um, Pettis does hit a spin kick, which was nice. Moreno, he um, gets a trip takedown towards the end of the round. But Pettis, he's able to twist, end up on top at the end. But you kind of had to give that first round to Moreno. So, second round, Moreno is pushing forward, right? Lands a good hook, but Pettis hits an overhand, a left hook, body kick. He's really, you know, sticking and moving, just keeping it going, right? And you can see Moreno is trying to get in, but he can't because Pettis is moving so well. Like Moreno hits a knee, but Pettis again, the knees, hits a nice axe kick, right? Good left. You know, he, he's just putting it onto Moreno with that good fluid movement. And we can see as the fight's going, Pettis is getting into that flow state, right? So in the third round now, I think it's 1 1, right? And um, yeah, Moreno. He's coming forward. He's coming forward. Pettis hits a head kick. You know what I mean? And, um, yeah. It, it was a nice... It was a nice kick, man. Right? Clips, um, you know, Moreno. And, um, yeah. It, it, it was some good, good movement. Good performance in there from Pettis. However, Moreno gets, you know, he gets a takedown. But here's it, Pettis again. When he's going down, he's moving his body, 
right? Moving his body so when they hit, his hips off to the side, and that allows him to, um, yeah, twist, end up on top, right? And uh, yeah, you know, he 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 he's showing, you know, the fact that he he's not sitting still, right? He he's moving, and the movement is the thing that is giving him this fight, right? So they're back on their feet, you know. Back on their feet and they're doing shit. Like Moreno, uh, he's um, yeah throwing some leg kicks, right? But Pettis hits another spin, hits another spinning kick. This time to the head, right? Rocks Moreno. Right? Pettis moves in, grabs a guillotine. Moreno. Able to escape, but Pettis, he's on top, he is landing, landing big shots all the way to the buzzer. So, and, and I think with all of that, two to one, and that's what the judges see. Pettis gets the win. Whoo, a great fight to lead us into the main card, people. Oh, some real good fights here. Okay, so the main card starts, people, with the lone heavyweight fight of the night. We've got Greg Hardy against Marcin Tabora. And, yo, that first round, Greg Hardy is looking so slick. So slick, man. He's putting it together extremely well. Right, landing um, kicks. He's, uh, you know, getting um, off some good shots. Tabora goes for a takedown. Hardy stuffs it. Right now, Tabora is throwing as well. He gets off some good body kicks and everything like that. But Hardy is hitting great counters. You know, moving good counters. Right. Going to the body, left hook. Yeah, he, he's putting it together. We're seeing some really good, like, just improvements in Hardy's game. You know? He's, um, yeah, landing good shots to the head. You know, and he's just able to, I think, just block a lot of the shit that Tabora is trying. Right? And he's firing back with heavy stuff. Now, second round. And you can see that Tabora's made adjustments to his stance. Right? Which means when Hardy is trying to counter, Tabora is able to um, move and land. Move and land. Right? So he's not getting just hit all the time. Right? And, um, yeah, Tabora is, I think it looks like he's the fresher guy. Right? Hardy's breathing. So, um, I, I think with all that great output in the first, I think Hardy kind of, yeah, fucked up his gas tank a little, you know? So now Tabora is countering well, right? And, um... Yeah, with his movement and now this new pressure, Tabora is causing an issue. He gets a takedown. 
and he's uh, yeah he he's landing. They're not huge shots, right? Then they're not huge shots. Some he does hit to the back of the head a, a little bit, mirroring. Does hit some shots to the back of the head, and a few. Which I'm kind of surprised that the ref just didn't do that much And he then stops the fight Now, I do think Hardy was very tired because he stayed down, right? He stayed down sitting But I don't think he was crazy hurt I think it it was a situation that you could have let the fight go on a little bit longer, right? But um, yeah, I I think next time out, Hardy might not come in at two sixty six, right? I mean, we we haven't seen it to be too much of an issue in the past, but I think it was definitely an issue tonight, right? So I I think Hardy comes in a little bit lighter. You know, I I think 240 would be a good one Now, that might be a bit hard to drop all the way down to straight out the gate But if he came in at, say, 255 next time At least drop 10, you know, ease into that shit Depending on when he's hitting, you know, his next fight But, um, yeah, possibly lose some of that heavy And, yeah, improve the gas tank because his movement was very good, right? He's got power, that's clear. But he just needs to work on shit like this if, you know, he's going to take it to the next level. So, our next fight, oh, this was one that was really looking forward to. It's a bantamweight clash, Marlon Marais against Rob Font. Now, Marais is coming in off the head kick loss to Corey Sanhagen. But Font, he'd been out for about a year, right? He had to have replacement ACL surgery. So it was, um, yeah, I think it was one of those fights that was pretty even on that front, you know? So, um, yeah, fight starts, you know? And Font, he's pressing forward. Marais hits a quick takedown, grabs a guillotine, but Font, really good defense, gets to, gets to half guard, you know, gets to hard guard, and, um, yeah, he's able to escape, right, able to escape, hitting a big knee as Marais gets up, Marais, you know, he gets another takedown, hits some shots, but Font able to get himself up. Right, Marais goes for for a head kick, Font blocks, hits a big right, um, and that staggers Marais. Staggers Marais. Right now, Font smells the blood in the water, and he goes in, goes in, man, gets Marais down, and is just. Relentless Well he gets him down with an uppercut 
gets him down. So Marais drops to his knees. You can see him looking to get up. Font hits another uppercut that puts him fully down. And um, yeah, then it's a non-stop ground and pound. Right? Just not letting up. You know, it is crazy. Like, I think... You looking at the fight, the ref could have stopped that fight earlier. Definitely could have stopped the fight because Marais was just taking a battering, right? Just taking a battering on the ground. And um, yeah, eventually it gets stopped, which, yeah, definitely a good thing because Rob Font was not letting up. He was not letting up, man. It was getting grimy in there. So that was probably, yeah, I have to say, is Font's best win. And a great performance on his comeback, man. So, ooh, I think Font's getting, uh, gonna, you know what I mean? Get a nice ranking come next week, people. So, we then jump to a welterweight clash. We got Michael Pierre against Chaos Williams. So this was an interesting fight. Didn't go the way I thought it was. And it didn't go the way I thought it should have after the end of the bell. Right? But there was, you know, I feel two things that gave this fight to Piera. Right? So, Piera, he he wasn't too crazy with the flashiness. Wasn't too crazy with it. You know? But, um, yeah, Williams, he's... Very methodical, right? He, you know, he landed some big shots, but he could see, okay, I'm not taking him out mad quick or anything like that. Cool. So he then settles in. You know, he's he's looking to counter. He's hitting big shots on the counter, but he's not, like, he's not throwing recklessly. You know, he's very much... Holding on to the shots and then firing when he sees the opening. Right? So, Pierre, it, at times it might look like he's throwing more, but not necessarily hitting more. Right? And I kind of thought, okay, Williams probably won that first round. Like, he got some good shots. I'd say he won that first round. And in the second round, you know, it's pretty much going the same. You know? Pretty much going the same. And you're thinking, okay, Williams is winning this round. Towards the end, though, right? Towards the end, Williams throws a shot. Piera moved out the way. So Williams kind of, you know, hits air. Now, this was interesting, right? And we'd seen this done by... um, uh, I think it was Jan Blakovich on Devon Clark, where as the person moves past them, staggering with the sh- missed shot, you know, grab them around the neck, grab a rear naked. And that's what Piera did to Williams. So he's grabbed him. Then he jumps onto the back and they go down and he is squeezing, squeezing. Williams... You know, he gets on his hands and knees. We can't really see him fighting the hands. But then the buzzer goes. Right? So, boom. Williams is safe. He can get into the third round. But just that. 
you're thinking that's one Pierre of that round, right? So we're into the third round, and again, Williams, he's landing some good shots, you know what I mean? He, he's very methodical, he's timing everything well, but Pierre gets two takedowns. The first takedown doesn't do anything with it, doesn't get off any shots, Williams gets up. Second takedown, Pierre gets off some shots, right? And I think it's it's that, probably both takedowns, but definitely that second takedown in the third and the rear naked choke at the end of the second, I think those are the big things that stuck with the judges and gave that fight to Pierre. Because Williams, he didn't fight badly at all. I do think, though, going to full 15 was very, very helpful for Williams, you know. And it also tells us that, you know, he wasn't blowing. His gas tank will last. But I think that loss will really help inform Williams a lot, you know, moving forward. But it does, does do good things for Piera. So... He's going to probably see, a, you know, a top 15 opponent, maybe a top 10 in his next fight, I would say. So we go now to the co-main event. We've got Marlon Vieira against uh, Jose Aldo, people. have to say, this fight, we saw, like, some, you know, some of the old vintage Jose Aldo throwing more leg kicks, Right? His takedown offense was just sensational. You know, Vieira got in on some real good body lock takedown attempts and Aldo stuffed them. You know, stuffed all those attempts. He was going to Vieira's body a lot, really just wearing on him. And Aldo was just looking so damn sharp. So damn sharp. Right, this was a very good Jose Haldo tonight, people. It was, um, yeah, surprising, you know, surprising that he was able to outwork Marlon Vieira. Vieira just, he didn't look like the Vieira we've seen in the last few fights. Looked a little out of sorts. I don't know why. You know, I don't know what if it is just the 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 pressure, but we've seen Vieira in pressure fights, right? So it, it was very surprising, I would say. But I I think possibly he wasn't prepared for the leg kicks because we just haven't seen those from Aldo for a while. And yeah, in this fight he was throwing a lot of leg kicks again, right? Um, and this it, it was this kind of thing that continued all the way through the fight The second round, you know And Vieira was throwing some good shit But Aldo was then just repeating that shit And going harder in, you know And, and he's just pushing He's pushing the pace We saw no issues with Aldo's gas tank here And in the third round, people he gets a takedown, and he's going for the rear naked. 
Jermaine you know is trying to put him out with a sub. And again, we have not seen that from Aldo in a long ass while. It was crazy. You know, now Vieira is young, right? So he's, you know, this hasn't wrecked anything for him. I mean, for the time being, yes, he, he's, you know, a lot less close to the title shot. But he will get back to that, right? But Aldo, that was a huge fight, you know? Because, hey, if he had lost, maybe he, he could have been looking at a cut. Who knows? But with this and that performance, Aldo just said, Bantamweight division, wake the motherfucker up. There's the king of Rio. I'm here, baby. I'm here, I'm going for that belt again, so um, it'll be very interesting, very interesting to see what happens with Aldo, you know, where where they uh, place him in the next fight, because there are some real good fights in that fucking bantamweight division, people, there is some good shit, so we end with the big one, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson against Jeff Hands of Steel Neil welterweight challenge, and yo the winner. They're putting their name up in there for the title shot, right now. I don't think they get the title shot from a win, but they are in contention. They are floating around, and if there's you know a dropout, they could get that call. Right? It, 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 a win definitely puts you in a good situation. Man, I think the big thing with this going in, like we know Neil hits fast. And Thompson, he's got that karate stance, that in and out style. We have seen him at times slow a little, right? So it was just what's going to happen here? Right, who's gonna get that upper hand? Who's gonna get that edge? And Stephen Wonderboy Thompson showed people, I ain't going anywhere. My ass is not done. They call me Wonderboy because I ain't aging, son. That's what Wonderboy was telling us because his movement was, whoo, it was so slick. Wonderboy was so slick, in and out, like, just avoiding shots, the way he moved, you know, the body, the move, the head, it was sensational, I would say, this was one of the best performances we have seen out of Wonderboy for a while, and we've seen some good performances out of Wonderboy, right, Vicente Luque, you know, real good performance, right? <laughs> we, we've seen Wonderboy do shit, you know what I mean? Get it done. But this, this was something else, you know? This was such an impressive performance, people. It really was. Now, that's not to say Jeff Neal didn't do anything. He landed some good shots, you know? And I, th I think the thing was, Neil, 
he, he even though he's losing the fight, he continued to come forward. He continued to press. And when he did get close, he's unloading. Right? He was unloading. This fight was it was interesting. Because you still coming into the fifth, you're still like, alright, you know, Wonder Boy is probably up for, but Neil ain't out, right? He ain't out of this. And he did show us in that fifth round, you know what I mean, the heart. Because he got in and he he was letting off shots. And the great thing was, Wonder Boy could have just spent the last five minutes, you know, basically running. That's what he could have done. Just moved around the outside, throwing kicks, throwing jabs. He did not. Wonderboy is, he's a nice motherfucker, but he's a crazy motherfucker that, hey, he ain't backing down. And he came forward. He put himself in situations he didn't need to. He didn't back off. He was throwing. Throwing with intent. And... Yeah, he was sitting down a bit more on the shots. Oh, man, it was getting spicy in that fifth round, people. We saw some back and forth. We saw some damage. It was some great shit. Some real great shit. One interesting thing, coming into the fifth round as well, you heard Wonderboy on his stall go, yeah, something's with my neck, with my leg. And we saw a swelling on the leg, right? No, no, yeah, no clue of really what happened But I don't think Neil fully picked up on it Because he didn't really attack that leg We saw him throw one leg kick And that leg kick, you could see how it had impacted Wonderboy But I don't think Neil picked up on it, you know But, hey, it was a fun fight It was a fun fight and... Man, Wonderboy, yo, he showed a lot. It was a tremendous performance. You know what I mean? It was fun. It was a real fun, people. So, yeah, it was a great way to end the year. Now, we didn't get any fight of the night, right? And, I, I mean, to be honest, we had some good fights. But, yeah. I, I, I think not giving a fight of the night, I think that was a, a, an okay call. Because it meant you handed out four performance of the night bonuses. And there was a lot of good performances, right? So, Jimmy Flick gets one, right? For his submission of Cody Durden. And you're like, yeah. Marcin Tabora got one for his comeback dominance of Greg Hardy. You'd be like, yo, that's fair. Rob Fon for the way he just put Marais out. And you're like, yeah, no doubt, son. And Stephen Thompson gets one. And you'll be like, yeah, because that was a slick motherfucking performance. Right? So, yeah, that was all good. I mean, you could have maybe given, um, you know, um, Panny something. Because I thought we saw a good, really good performance from her. You know, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm good with all of those. Like Aldo could have got something maybe, but again, listen, 
we like people get those locker room bonuses, so it's all good, man. And end of the day, everyone was on a great card. So yeah, it was awesome. It was a great way to sign off. Um, yeah, the only thing is now, <laughs> now we've got our longest fucking wait. Right, it's been every weekend, which was awesome. But now we've got to wait until the 16th of goddamn January for a fight. Which, yo, that's going to feel like way too long. But it's back on Abu Dhabi and it's Holloway v Cater. So, you know what I mean? That's a great fucking fight. Cannot wait, people. Oh, man, I cannot wait. Okay, so our Sunday started off with uh, some submission underground. It was the last card of the year, and Chael really packed this one out. Oh my god, this was a great card. Man, there were some awesome fights. Okay, so we had five bouts. Um... Gosh, how many? I think we had what four on the prelims, and then six on the main card. It's always a bit weird because the prelims are never really defined. You know what I mean? Like with UFC, they're split up. But yeah, on submission underground, it's not really split, so it just kind of feels like one big event, which is fine. Yeah, I have no issue with that. But um, yeah, no, we had four prelims, and so we started out with um, Dan. Sorry, I always say Dan. I don't know why I always say Dan, but it was Don Stoner against Denny Procopus, and um, yeah, I think you know straight away like Procopus, he kind of pulled guard. Right after you know a period of time where they're fighting hands and looking for a position, you know, on the feet. So Stoner, you know, he has um he had like Propocus against the fence. You know, he's a big guy and he was nullifying Propocus. I mean pretty much for that. Opening five minutes, so we went to overtime, right? And um, overtime was I like state stoner. He went for um, you know, the back, right? He had some decent ride time too. You know, he wasn't getting the rear naked because Propocus was like fighting those hands until he's able to escape. But yeah. He got some ride time. Now, Propocus, he went for the spider. And um, he, ah, man, he was able to get separation. And then, whoo, it was just the extension on that arm. You know, the way just arched, got the tap. So, and, yo, Propocus was so happy. Like, as soon as he got up, he was bouncing, bouncing around, man. It, it was fun, 
right? It was it was kind of fun to see, you know what I mean? But yeah, there was that. So um, we then went to um, yeah Paul Kaufman against Charles Gip- Gilpin. Yes, Charles Gilpin, who um, I had forgotten I had seen, um, you know, on uh, EBI. But um, yeah, this fight now Kaufman he decided to um, sit straight away. He went down. Right, and um, I I think he was probably looking to get some leg entanglement, something like that. Gilpin though, he he pretty much engaged and grabbed the neck, just grabbed the neck straight away. Um, and so he's going for a topside guillotine, you know. Now Kaufman, he was trying to fight it. Trying to fight it, but Gilpin, he stuck with it, and, um, you know, they, they twisted a little, he readjusted that arm, got the tap, and it was a one-arm guillotine as well, which was, man, like, being able to get a one-arm guillotine, that is big, but you need control of the body. Because it, unless you've got full control, you ain't getting a one arm. But you can lock everything up. Ho oh, ho! You could be onto the sweet shop, baby. So we then had Alex Alami against Philip Schwartz, and um, yeah, this was a decent one, right? So you know, again, like Schwartz, he came out and he took a seat, right? And um, Lammy, he he decided to stand for a bit, right? Decided to stand, and there was some real back and forth, you know. Um, yeah, Lammy was kind of he trying to get a dominant position, but Swartz, he was just super active on the bottom, you know, going for a few leg lock attempts. Right, so it went to overtime, and good damn, the overtime was great. Right, so Lammy, he, um, you know, he he took the back, right, took the back, but Swartz was able to escape. You know, Lammy, um, he he. Uh, well, yeah, he, he took the back, what, mm, twice. Yeah, took the bike back twice. Now, Swartz escaped really fast the second time, right? And um, I don't know. I think when Swartz, like, he... So, so Swartz took Spider, you know, and... It looks like he's got it. It looks like he's got the arm, which was like, whoa, okay. But yeah, at the, oh man, just at the last minute, Lammy was able to get out. And that was pretty huge. Pretty huge, right? So then, um, yeah, as I said, Lammy took the back, but Swartz got out real quick the second time. And um, this time, Swartz decided to take the back as well. 
Hit Van, he, he just attacked with that rear naked and he got it. He got the tap. It was, yeah, it was a fun, a real fun overtime um, entanglement there. So um, our last our last fight on the prelims, we had Chris Leone. Leone? Yeah. Leon Colin. Leon... Lenconi, hmm, yes, Lenconi, apologies, Chris, and he went against uh, a crazy late replacement, Andy Varala, who I think took the fight on Thursday, you know what I mean, um, so yeah, in the regular time, you know, I think Varala was pushing forward, you know, and after a little period of time of them hand fighting and all of that jazz, Viala got the takedown. Nice little takedown too. Now Leon Coney, he he did a good job of um, blocking and framing, right? Stopping Viala from uh, you know getting in too deep on anything. Eventually though, Viala. You know, he gets um, into side control, then he jumps into mount, and man, as I say, right, oh, he, he's going, like, you wondered what he was going for, and at, just before the buzzer, he goes for an armbar. Goes for an armbar just before the buzzer. And I think on the buzzer, Le- Leon Coney was able to escape. But yeah, it was fun. Right, so in the overtime, Leon Coney, he goes for, um, yeah, the rear, you know, he takes the back. Going for that rear naked. He got some decent ride time too. You know, then um, Virala goes t- for the back, right? He's going for that slant rear naked. And, man, because, you know, it, it's about tying up those arms, right? Tying up those arms and blocking you getting under the chin. And, um, yeah, Virala, you know, he went with one arm. You know, that got blocked and straight away snaked the other one under. You know, a little rope adult with the arms, snuck it under, and um, yeah, was able to get to tap. It was very well played. You know, another real fun fight. But yeah, that was the prelims, and it led us nicely into the main event, people. So the main card started with. Such a good fight, right? We had Felicia Spencer going up against the great Amanda Lowen. You know, the unbeaten in submission underground Amanda Lowen. And this was for the first ever submission underground women's championship. So all the marvels to play for here, people. And, um, yeah, Spencer came out super aggressive. You know, she was able to get a takedown. And um, she's really looking 
to uh, yeah, just you know put that grind on Lowen, you know. So she she's able to advance into side control, you know. Well, I mean, that's well, I'd say that's what she's trying to do. You know, Lowen, you know, she's staying real calm. <laughs> you see no panic on her face. She really is like the female Craig Jones, you know. Um, and she's just stuffing all of Spencer's attempts, you know. All of them, right? She um, tries for a Kimura at one point. To, uh, you know, I think, I think it was maybe more in a way of reversing the position, but she was, you know, Lowen, she's using the butterfly guard really well, you know, really using that well. She then, though, decides to go into guard, right, go into guard, and she's got a super good guard. Now. What's really interesting is she's moving the legs up the body, right? Moving the legs at the body. You can see, you know, what she's looking to do. And I think Chael was wondering if Spencer realized what she was doing. And I feel that Spencer did know. Right, she knew that Lewin's legs are moving up the body, but the thing is, Spencer had Lewin right up against the fence, you know, and you know, Spencer's leaning up into the fence, and I kind of felt that she's figuring that's the defense, you know, the way they were positioned, there is no way Lewin can really do anything. That's what I think the situation was. But Lowen, she, um, you know, she's staying calm and she throws those legs up, right? Throws those legs and she's got the armbar, got the armbar, but she's not rushing it. You know what I mean? She is super chill right now. And she is able to turn Spencer able to turn Spencer, and as she does, she extends the arm, boom, gets that extension, and Spencer, yo, there's nothing she can do, there's nothing she can do, she taps, and we've got a brand new women's champion, people, Amanda Lowen, take a goddamn bow, oh man, it was a superb performance, so from there, we um, we go into Kevin Casey against Gabriel Checo, right? Now, that's a good one too. So um, yeah, in this fight, check um, Casey, he's you know he comes out right. He's looking for that dominant position. Now Checo, he pulls guard. He's he's looking for an entry to something. You know, not quite clear what he's exactly. I'm assuming some sort of, you know, get underneath, get the leg, something like that, right? But, uh, you know, 
it, it, it's not happening. They get back to the feet, and Casey hits this tremendous trip takedown. Oh, it was just so slick, man. It really was, you know. So, um, yeah, I think from from there, you know, Casey's just attacking, right? He's attacking the neck. Checo's able to escape. Um, he's still hunting for a leg or something, but Casey is just man. His top game is just great. You know, he's super heavy. He's just faulting anything Checo can do. So we go to overtime, right? And um, yo, god damn, this was a fun overtime. Right, we went the full three, but it was real strategic. Right, so Casey was always going for the armbar, always going for the armbar with the spider, you know. And um, I think the thing was, after a long hold in the first innings, right, Checo was able to, um, yeah, escape. A, a lot quicker, right, and get himself some decent, some decent um, ride time, you know, but on the, on the last section, on the last inning, Casey uh, decided to, um, you know, again, hit that arm, right, and I think he's thinking that the arm is weaker now, you know, he, he's tired, the grip and everything like that. And, um, yeah, Casey was able to free the grip, get the extension and the tap, right? So now Checo had to, you know, he I think he had like 24 seconds to be able to um, get a tap and take it, you know, to the next one. No, it would then go to the clock, right? But, you know, Casey just kept that grip and Checo could not get that extension. So, yeah, Casey was able to get the win. So, the next, this was interesting. We had Brent Primus against Craig Goddamn Jones. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was, this was a, whoo. God damn, it was fire, man, right? And I've got to give mad props to Primus, right? Got to give mad props to Primus. He came out like a pimp chasing check, son. Man, it had such a frenetic pace, you know? And although Primus was determined... I think you could see that Jones just, he was just hype, man. You know what I mean? He was excited with some dude was coming at him, coming at him hard, right? So, yeah, you know, I think Jones, he was really looking to do his thing, right? So he played on the bottom for a while, then he... He's, you know, there's a transition, he's on his feet, 
But he's hunting for that leg. He's hunting for that leg. And he uses it to transition to the back. It was, oh my gosh, it was such a slick move, right? So he's on the back. Now he's chasing that rear naked. And I think Primus made the, oh man, he made a big mistake. Because they're up against the fence, right? Up against the fence. And to try and escape and get out of the hold, Primus turns. But he turns into the fence rather than away from the fence. So then Jones just readjusts that grip. And it's over, people. It is over. Over. So yeah, great win for uh, great win for Jones. So now then the next fight, real interesting because um, we had Ryan Bader against Anthony Johnson, and um, I think Anthony Johnson was one of Brian Bader's last opponents before he left the UFC. So yeah, Johnson knocked him out, right? Because he was just knocking everyone out at the time. You know what I mean? But Bader went to Bellator, improved his game, won the light heavyweight and the heavyweight. You know, he lost the light, but he's still the heavy, you know? And Johnson just signed with Bellator. So potentially, these two could meet again. Now, I believe Johnson is supposedly competing just in the light heavy, but, you know, they could make that fight. They could easily make that fight. But, yo, in this one, you could see that Bader was on it. You know what I mean? He wanted to make a point, right? He came for Johnson, pushing him back. Against the fence and grabbing that neck, you know, he's going for a standing guillotine a lot in this fight, which was an interesting one. It's also an interesting one that Johnson didn't really fight it, you know, there was like he gets Johnson down and then he's, you know, he tried for a key lock at one point. Yo, it was just all pressure from Bader. And Johnson defended everything that Bader was doing. He, he, you know what I mean? He never seemed to panic about the situations. But he doesn't really offer any offense. I can't remember any, you know, any attack or anything that Johnson really implemented in that fight. So it went to overtime, and Bader really wants it, really wants it, right? He goes for the the spider two times with, um, you know, a, a, a back take in between the two, you know? Johnson does the reverse, right? So Johnson takes the back, goes spider, takes the back, and... It was a bit weird, right? Because I I don't we've not seen that from Johnson. So going for the spider just seemed a bit of a waste. 
right? But you need a great game to be able to get that and hold it. And Johnson just lost it straight away, basically. You know? Yeah, it was an odd one, right? So, um, I think his, his defense of the spider, though, from Bader was pretty decent. He was able to escape those, you know? Which wasn't bad, right? But I have to say... Anthony Johnson's jiu-jitsu just, it wasn't great, you know what I mean, it just, yeah, because Bader, so Bader won on um, fastest escape time, right, but everything Bader did seemed more with power rather than technique, so not faulting his win or anything like that, he won. You know, he out-grappled Johnson. But, yeah, it, it just seemed more strength and power rather than finesse. But, you know, it is what it is. So, we then... Oh, this was such a good one. We go to, um, yeah, Rafael de Santos against Donald Cowboy Cerrone. And remember, they fought twice. Twice in MMA. And, um, yeah, this Cerrone lost both of those, both of those times. But Cerrone is a good grappler. So it was just like, okay, how is this going to go? Right? And goddamn, this was, whew, man, this was some crazy fun shit. It was wily as hell. Like, you know, we got two vets up in here. Two vets doing their thing, right? So they were both, you know, pulling some subtle moves, right? To get that dominant position. You know, Dos Santos, he attempted a few um, reversals, you know? And Cerrone, he came... With some duck hunters, which were pretty sweet too. You know, like, you wanted more than five minutes. You really wanted more than five minutes in that one. But it went to overtime, right? So they both go rear naked. Uh, Cerrone starts, not bad, not bad, um, you know, escape time, right? And, um, you know, he he holds RDA a little bit longer, right? So, yeah, you're thinking, cool, cool. So, next time out, Cerrone escapes real fast. Real fast. And um, goes for the spider, right? Grabs a leg to control things. And, you know, he's got a, a, a good grip, He's able to turn Dasanios, and as he turns him, he gets that extension, breaks grip, gets that extension on the arm, and RDA taps. Now, fight stops, right? Fight stops, and RDA is like, no, 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 I didn't tap, didn't tap, and we're just like, yo, everyone saw you tap. 
But he's like, no, 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 I, I, I didn't, I didn't. And so we watched it again in replay, and you can see, okay, he's trying to push the leg, right? He's trying to push the leg, but he taps the leg, you know, he hits it once, then hits it again straight away, which is the tapping motion. So, yeah, technically, he loses the fight, right? You know, they're both friends, like, they, there's no animosity here, and, um, so, yeah, it goes, so we then go to our main event, right, we've got Satoshi Ishii, uh, an Olympic judoka, I believe he won gold, right, and he's going up against Mason Fowler, the submission underground champion, you know, he's defended the belt twice, once against Craig, and the other against um, Vinnie Magalhaes, right, so, man, this fight, right, it, it, it's just, whew, Ishii, he's moving forward, now, Fowler, he pulls guard, pulls guard, but Ishii, he's mad heavy, right, so he's, man, he's just blocking all of Fowler's attempts, you know, attempts to frame and um, implement his game, but, right, but, Fowler just, um, he realises this and readjusts, you know, so then he goes for, he throws the legs up and goes for a shoulder lock, right, a shoulder lock, and then into a Kimura, right, Ishii's able to escape this, but Fowler now has a new kind of plan of attack, right, so he's, um, yeah, they, they go again, and he, you know, goes with rubber guard, goes into a triangle, from a triangle into an arm bar, it was just whew, real kind of slick and intricate. Ishii's able to survive, though, man. Able to survive. So we go to overtime. You know, so Ishii goes, you know, with the spider all three times. Which, yeah, I don't know why. Don't know why. It was a bit baffling why Ishii decided to try with the spider. You know, yeah, Fowler just escaped super fast every time, every single time, you know, so I kind of thought after the, you know, the first one you you can go, okay, he's thinking, oh, well, I messed up, so I'll, I'll get him the next time, but after the second time, you'd have thought the last time Ishii would have taken the back, but he didn't, Fowler goes with the rear naked twice, you know, and I think the second time was super close, and on the third he went with the spider, and he's able to get that separation, boom, gets the tap, so yeah, super win, Fowler retains his belt, but, right, but, Chael then says, Donald Cerrone agreed 
to run back the overtime portion of their fight. Now, uh, straight after the fight, Cerrone was just like, you know, I, you know what? I'll run it back. I'll run the whole fight back. And Rudy, he's just like, that's insane. No, the, the, the ref has ruled it. It's done. It's a fight. So we're just like, okay, cool. But yeah, then after the Fowler fight, we we hear that, you know, he said they'll just they'll run the overtime back. And Chelsea's just like, nah, I don't like this. I don't like this. But it's up to the referee. And I get it, right? I get it. Because yeah, it happened. Right? The ref called it. And Dosanios did technically tap. You know, but yo, they ran it back, man. They ran it back right so they both went with the spider attack right so rda went first and it was a crazy thing right he gets separation right he gets the hand separation and extension on the arm and you just thought oh fuck it's done but Cerrone, oh man he does a great job of Getting a step over, right? So he moved, stepped over the head, and he then pulls his arm out. You know, great. Like you did think, oh, has he fucked his arm? What, what's, what's the deal? So, you know, as I said, Cerrone goes with Spider, and boom, straight away, he gets that separation of the grip, extends the arm. Man, twists the back, boom, Dos Anjos taps, he tapped Dos Anjos twice in one goddamn night, people, it was friggin' huge, it was huge, man, Cerrone did it, and, as I say, Cerrone was looking dope, and he's on it, Captain America rash guard, that rash guard, he's Nice, I like that rash guard, people. I mean, I would like to uh, uh, to get myself a black pamphlet one, but I was feeling the cap one, man. So yeah, this was a great event, great event, great fight, and then we get that second little hit, man. This is a great way to end submission underground for the year, people. If you have not watched it, go check it out on Fight Pass because it. Is fire. Okay, so we ended Sunday with, um, you know, another trip to Cancun, Mexico, people. Yes, that's right. We had Combat Jiu Jitsu Worlds, the female featherweights, and who I was looking forward to this card. Right, looking forward to this card, people. Eight woman tournament, and then three great single matches. All right, so we started things off with Pearl Gonzalez against Adria, um, Andrea Vasquez, and Gonzalez came into this one looking to take no goddamn prisoners, people. You know what I mean? She gets the takedown. Goes for an armbar, right? Can't quite get it. You know, uses the rubber guard for a little bit. Then in a scramble, 
She gets the back, sinks in that rear naked, boom, it is done. So, then we have Karina Dam against Brianna St. Marie. Hadn't seen St. Marie before, right? But, um, you know, she came in, pulled guard straight away. And you're like, okay, right, 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 right. Really active off the bottom, you know, hunting for a guillotine. This is uh, St. Marie, by the way. She can't find it. Then um, there's a real quick transition from high guard to armbar. Boom. Dam has to tap. And this was super fast. Like, super fast. Just over a minute. You know what I mean? So then we had Jessica Delboni. Against Nikki Sullivan. Um, now I, I remember seeing Dalboni fighting in Victor. She's tough, but I'm like I've seen Nikki Sullivan grapple. <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, whoo! I think this is only going one way. And uh, yeah, so Sullivan she sits out the gate, right? Um, Dalboni comes in, right, and um. Sullivan goes for a leg. She grabs a toehold. And in quick time, it is tap. I mean, just... Whoa, fastest fight so far. Um, so then we have um, Liz Tracy against Paulina Granias. Right, so the last of the bracket, and yeah, you know, size definitely paid off in this one for Tracy. She just bullied and controlled Granios. Um, yeah, getting the tap with a rear naked, like neck crank. Basically, because I, I don't think it was completely underneath the chin. So I think she was on the chin and just ugh, cranked it. But yeah, because Grandios, you know, she's an atom weight. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it was always going to be tough going up against girls twice, like two weight classes above you. But mad props for just. Even coming in and doing it, right? So we then had a super fun friggin' uh, you know special match. So we had a uh, Bruno anti anti against Jose Luis Medrono, and Medrono was super focused. Like his eyes did not leave Antonetta's. Once, right? Once, man, it was an action-packed fight, right? So, um, yeah, Madrona, you know, I think he um he went for a Peruvian necktie at the beginning, which 
Man, it looked like it was a wrap with that. So, mad props to Antonetta to be able to survive. But um, he wasn't going to sit there and let it, you know, Madrona have it all his own way. And Antonetta, you know, he was going in for some leg locks. Um, Yeah, you know, it, it was fun. It was a fun fight. Now, it went to overtime, right? And, um, yeah, I think in the first, um, who, what happened in the overtime? It was, yeah. Oh, yes. So they went two. They went two out of the three. And I think Madrona, he's able to escape Antonata. He kept, Madrona came close to grabbing in the arm bar. Um, you know, he went spider. So then it went to the second. He stuck with spider and he got the tap. Man, it was, yeah, such a fun, fun ass fight. You know, two, um, yeah, I believe they were two homegrown talents going at it there. So, we then go in to the um, semi-finals, right? So, we had Paul Gonzalez against Brianna Sint-Marie. And, um, yeah, this, this was, this was a surprise, man. Because, yeah, as I said, look, never seen, um, you know, Sint-Marie go at it. So, Pearl comes out, she pulls guard, you know, she sits right away, and is, you know what I mean, I I think the, the thing that went down was, like, there's a bit of a scramble, and St. Marie grabbed a guillotine, grabbed a guillotine, Gonzalez was able to escape, she was in it for a while, Right, you thought, oh shit, is this gonna be it? She must have been in the guillotine for about a minute, but yeah, manages to get the head out. So you're just like, oh, okay, cool. Then it's a case of how close was she to coming out? You know, is she cool? And did St. Marie burn her arms out? Right, so. From there, St. Marie, she she just employed a high guard. Right, a high guard, which she used to transition onto the back. It was so friggin' slick, man. It was super slick and impressive, right? So then St. Marie, she is attacking with the rear naked. You know, Gonzalez was trying to fight it. She threw some strikes, you know, thinking ah, maybe that will loosen things up. You know, but couldn't get out. St. Marie's grip is just something stupid, you know. Um, So, there was another bit of a scramble. And St. Marie, she transitioned into an armbar. Like, just so perfectly, you know. And Gonzalez, yeah, she just had to tap. There was nothing else she could do, you know what I mean. So, um, yeah. That was uh, that was serious, 
Right, so then the last semi-final, we had Nikki Sullivan against Liz Tracy. Right, so, um, you know, Sullivan comes out and, uh, yeah, she she pulls guard, right, sits down, tries to, um, tries to backtake Tracy, but, you know, Tracy is super tight. And aggressive on top, which ah, uh, you know what I mean. Like as Sullivan was trying it, nearly he thought she nearly had it. Tracy just repositioned herself, squashed that. Right, Sullivan tried for a toe hold, you know, then a knee bar, and Tracy was just able to squash it. You know, so um, yeah, it was like. You know, every time Sullivan was trying something, Tracy was able to squash. But, right, Sullivan was able to, um, you know, get back up, right? And from there, she took the back. Took the back, right? And um, now she's hunting for a rear naked. And... To try and stop that Sullivan stand, like, so Tracy stands up, which, you know, was a bit like, yo, is that going to fuck you too? You know what I mean? Carrying all that weight. Well, I don't say all that weight, you know what I'm saying? Sullivan is heavy or shit, but, you know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think what it did do was only allow for one type of attack. Right, because if they're on the ground, Sullivan can you know shift the hips, you know reposition Tracy, do a few different things, but when she's just on the back, trying you know keeping herself up as well, yeah, it limits the attacks. So Tracy is able to survive until the buzzer. So then we go to overtime. Right, so um, yeah, Sullivan. She tries, she goes for the back, but Tracy's able to escape. Tracy goes for the spider, um, and Sullivan, you know, she fights it well, but then Tracy's manages to get separation, extends the arm, and it's done. Yeah, it is done, which was like, yo, okay. That was surprising, but yeah, good win for Tracy. So, you know what I mean? That was um yeah, that was the first half of the show, which was super fun. So we then go into um you know the last two special matches of tonight. So the first one we have Hunter Colvin against Ty Rotolo. And, um, yeah, we saw um, Rotolo's brother, Shane, just, man, do his thing in the lightweight tournament in November. So, it was always going to be interesting to see how, uh, you know, Ty was going to do. Colvin, you know, seen him compete many a time, um, and he's always tough. So, you know what I mean? This was going to be an interesting challenge. So, um, 
Rotolo comes out attacking. You know what I mean? He definitely threw more strikes than his brother did, I feel. Right? Colvin, you know, he did a good job to kind of stifle things. Right? Because Rotolo was, he was trying to cut through like hot bife on butter. You feel me? But yeah, Hunter was able to kind of, you know what I mean? Slow things down a little. Slow things down. Um, yeah, Rotolo was just attacking with um a lot of strikes. It did start to get a little bit, you know what I mean? I don't know. I think um Colvin wasn't expecting how uh how I don't know how much um Rotolo was gonna attack. There was a few times as they were getting, you know, stood up as they were close to the edge and walking. You know, he'd like, uh, Colvin put his elbow, you know what I mean? Shoved with the elbow. A few little kind of like, hmm. But, you know, I don't, it, it didn't seem to heat over too much, right? But I, And I felt these were just little kind of frustration moves. Right, but it goes to uh, goes to overtime, um, and yeah, Colvin he um, he got some good ride time in the first, right? Got some good ride time, but then you know, Rotolo he he kind of he kind of just had it right, and he. He just escaped a lot quicker the next time's out and was able to hold, you know, Colvin. Like, he came close to submitting Colvin in the, um, in the second, right? But it eventually came down to ride time. And, um, yeah, Rotolo, yeah, he pretty much easily had the win on that one. So then our last special fight was Dan Martinez, the reigning combat jiu-jitsu world middleweight champion against Kyle Boehm. You know, some 10th planet action in the house, people. And, um, you know, so this went to overtime. The the main portion of the fight, it was, you know, it was interesting. Martinez was attacking a lot, but Bowen was just able to nullify all these attacks, right? Didn't give Martinez anything, you know, and he didn't really attack a lot himself, you know what I mean? So you kind of thought, oh, what's going on? Is, is he just trying to wear Martinez out here? Right, so yeah, went to overtime, and um, Martinez was able to escape, you know, able to escape, but Boehm did get some ride time the first in the first time in the first outing. So then, next time out in the second quarter, um, Martinez, you know. He, um, it took him longer to escape, took him longer to escape, and when Bowen was there, he, uh, he was able to, um, 
grab that rear naked. So, yeah, it was a, it was a you know a good good little victory for um, Bowen there, which then took us into the final. So we had Liz Tracy against Brianna Saint Marie, and I don't know, like when you looked at how stifling Tracy was. You kind of wondered about this one, right? But she was definitely bigger than St. Marie, right? And, you know, Tracy does MMA. St. Marie does not. So there's that kind of element to it as well. So it's like, oh, how is this going to go, right? And, yo, man, this, this shit was spicy, man. Spicy. Yo, you know what I mean? I think there, there was a lot of slaps. <laughs> you know what I mean? Palm strikes went flying. Tracy was not fronting, right? So, um, yeah, it, it was insane. Um, Saint, you know, Saint Marie, she's on bottom, and Tracy, she was just letting those strikes fly, and they sounded heavy. They sounded heavy, and the and the weird thing is because usually you're striking on the when you're on the ground, right? Striking when you're on the ground, but <laughs> but I mean. It, it was a case of, um, you know, uh, Brianna, she got a, uh, you know, she had a closed guard on Tracy, so Tracy kind of picked her up, Tracy picked her up, trying to get, um, you know, St. Marie to just uh, let go, and uh, yeah, now they're standing, well, Tracy's standing, and St. Marie's got her legs wrapped around her, and then suddenly, boom, <laughs> you get a strike, and it's just like, wait, are we allowed to strike like this, what the fuck is going down, um, but um, I think it was Mike Beltron, I think it was Beltron, I forget now, but uh, yeah, he was kind of like, alright, <laughs> you know what I mean, it's fine, you could just Go so yeah, they we were getting some serious freaking slaps, you know, while they were technically standing, which um was was interesting. <laughs> but I have to say, um, Saint Marie did defend well, did defend, um. You know, you could see that she was going for certain things that you you would. Right, or without you know, just in normal jujitsu, but with the palm strikes involved, it was just like, oh shit, okay, I need to realign my game, right? So, we, um, yeah, we started to see this, which was interesting, right? But, um, you know, I think we, we see, um, Saint Marie's game, so she started to employ the high guard, you know. And, yeah, she she tried for a triangle, Tracy defended it, but then she snapped on an armbar, it was tight, 
the armbar was frigging tight. Tracy tried to step over, but the you know the extension was deep. You know it was super deep. I think Saint Marie just repositioned herself. You know what I mean? And as I think it was as Tracy tried to step over, she kind of sunk in deeper into the hold, right? You know, St. Marie's cinched up that lock and Tracy had to tap. Tracy had to tap. You know what I mean? So, yeah, Rihanna St. Marie is the new combat jiu-jitsu world female featherweight champion. And, uh, yeah, she was super stoked. Super stoked. Like, it's always nice to see when someone wins and they are just ecstatic, right, you could see how friggin' happy she was, so yeah, that was great, and she's like, yeah, she's gonna come back and defend, so, you know, there's definitely people that you go like, oh, I would like to see her against, so, hey, looking forward to see some real interesting, um, you know, Fights in 2021, people. But yeah, this was awesome. If you didn't get to see it, go hit friggin' Fight Pass, baby. Because, yo, this was awesome. Like, watch both the lightweights and then this one. Both tournaments. So, so damn good. But yeah, that was it. I think they said the next one was gonna be in March. So, um, yeah, cannot wait for that. Okay, people. So, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Hopefully, you know what I mean? We get um some more of that in 2021. But we've reached the end, people. And as we do, we take a look and see what's going down. Now, there's a few things, right? So, on the 16th of January, the first card back, that's the Holloway Qatar um, card. Um, we've got Santiago Ponsanibio against um, Jailing, um, Lee Jailing, which, uh, yeah, that will be a fun fight. That will be a back and forth one, people. So, then we jump into February. On the 20th, we're going to get Derek Minor against Charles Rosa. That will be a fun one, people. And also, Rafael Sansal, who we haven't seen for a minute. He's going to be going up against uh, Rani Barcelos. And... Um, we all saw how good he was. Oh, but that one actually is the week later on the 27th. Also on the 27th, another two we haven't seen for a minute. Alex Oliveira against Randy Brown. Oh, I feel that's going to be dynamic. Now, this is real interesting, okay? So, um, yeah, the power couple are returning on... Um, the 6th of March, which is UFC 259, 
I don't know if it's going to be the headliner, if there's going to be another title fight on that card, but it's the rebooking. We're getting Amanda Nunes putting her belt on the line against Megan Anderson. Oh, people. Yeah, okay. We'll see what happens. And... Oh, this is interesting, right? So, a strawweight clash, Mackenzie Dern against Nunez's other half, Nina Azaroff. That looks like it's going to be going down on the 10th of April, right? This is Azaroff's first fight back. So it looks like, yo, the parents uh, have got their nannies booked in and they're coming back to competition hard. So, um, hey, this Anzaroff Dern fight, that's a good one. Especially now with Dern's, you know what I mean? Redefined striking. Because we know Anzaroff is good striking. But uh, I feel that's going to be on more of an even par now. So, yeah, this is a fun one, people. But, yeah, that's it. We are done for another episode. So, um, yeah, I feel we'll be back on Wednesday. Right? Not quite sure what we're going to be doing. But we're going to be back with something. Okay? All right. See you then, people. Peace.